0: you. Mm-hmm. to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? I'm
1: good, thank you. Yourself?
0: Yeah, not too bad. We are remote this week for the first time in a little while, but unfortunately, we've somehow ended up in a situation where we have more technical problems when we're in the same room than we do when we are apart. It's incredible. (laughs) Work that one out. Yeah. Don't know how that's happened. But on the plus side, it does mean that we can more freely welcome guests. And I'm delighted to say that John Self himself finally joins us on the podcast hello john how are you
2: hello i'm doing well for those of you listening to this later and why wouldn't you i'm sitting in the comfort of aventura resort hotel at universal orlando yeah I'm, oh. I'm very jealous i have to say
0: i i am not there if it wasn't obvious and um i'm, I'm nowhere close so I'm, I'm i i aspire to be able to do a theme park podcast from an actual theme park but for now it remains it remains a dream
1: you mean you didn't try to do one from thorpe park it's this whole thing about getting glassed again it's uh
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Josh of a decade ago might have been more partial to doing that because he was a vlogging extraordinaire from
1: various theme parks. uh, You still
0: haven't dug out, Josh, the video of you doing the blind date No, Hollywood
1: Studios that'll come that'll this month i uh, i guarantee
0: it this month i know what you should do actually well i think halloween might actually be a good time to put out something of that ilk but i guess you could also save it for the third anniversary which is coming up real soon yeah. here What a time What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive indeed. Uh, Yes, delighted to have John here with us. If you're a long time listener, you may well have heard his uh, dulcet tones before. He has sent in a couple of reports from the front line whilst we've been uh, banned from America. (laughs) Chances are we wouldn't be able to get to the airports these days anyway, because there is no petrol on this awful island of ours anymore. So um, how's the petrol situation out there, John? I assume you're all driving around just fine.
2: It seems to be fine. We do not have a problem with that in this country. Of course, we pretend like we don't have a problem with a bunch of other things. So who knows?
0: <laughs> I'm curious as well. Just, <laughs> just on that topic, I've seen a lot of people uh, on sort of Twitter sort of complaining about how the media in this country cover uh, our own country's ineptitude and comparing it to how other countries do. And I just wondered whether like the fact that the UK is basically on fire at all times these days does that cut through in like the American media? Are you all aware that we have no petrol and no lorry drivers and probably no Christmas dinner.
2: We are aware, but the best comparison, and I know this is insulting, so I'm not meaning it to be, is if something happens at Walt Disney World, CNN, MSNBC, every news agency says something. Something happens at Universal, eh, whatever. Your news agencies treat us like, treat the US like we're Walt Disney World. Mm. We treat the UK like you're SeaWorld. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> wow! So I sorry. I mean, I realize it's probably bitterness and that colonial revolution. I realize, but still, if, so if for the you special were, relationship. If you were a person who lived in the U.S., you could probably watch mainstream news and never know that the U.K. was burning. You might have no idea why we're taught why I'm reaching out to you and saying I'll help you any way you can because you can't get to this country. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard to do a theme park, a world theme park podcast when you can't leave your country. Yeah. Don't don't we know it? Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, it wasn't really in the planning when we where we set this thing up. I remember we dreamed it up in a bar at Disneyland Paris, thinking, "This is it. This is it. We're gonna we're gonna travel the world using this podcast as an excuse." And since then, I've spent most of my life trapped in my own house. <laughs> uh, so. It is yeah. what it is. But.
2: Creating incredible content, but you're trapped in your own house.
0: Exactly, oh. yes. Oh, I'm, glad you, someone reco- I'm glad someone recognizes that fact.
2: I've That's been sad. compensated to say that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got a free Parkrush T-shirt in the mail. But it's the one with the old logo on it because we haven't had any new ones made
2: yet.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. As I was saying, long-time listeners may recognise John's voice from the. Uh, he, he sent us a fine trip report, I think, of uh, from Velocicoaster. I think there may have been a Jason Bourne one. Yep. And And uh, yeah, plenty of tweets and emails over the. I don't know how long you've been listening for, to be fair, but at least a year.
2: Uh, Probably a little more than that, probably a year and a half.
0: Ah, well, I'm I'm very sorry about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's there's some episodes you should apologize for, but I have lots of blogs I've written that I would like to pull down, so it's okay.
0: Right, well, uh, John is mainly on to talk us uh, through Halloween Horror Nights, Uh, This year at Universal Studios Florida. He's got to do some uh, R.I.P. uh, got to do an R.I.P. tour. which Another thing I'm very jealous about. But uh, given that last week's show succumbed to technical difficulties and so we put out an old episode to keep you all satisfied. uh, There is some stuff from the past week or so that we would like to cover as well. So we'll do the news first, but we'll start. With hot off the press, breaking news at this hour from Universal Studios Florida. We cross now live to our Universal Studios correspondent, John Self. John, on the scene. John, what's going on over there?
2: I'm sorry, Tom. Can can you hear me, Tom? Tom, I'm. Are you there? Tom? Uh, John, uh, you're
0: breaking up. Josh, Josh, can you hear him?
2: I, I, I'm getting small faint. Hello. Hello, hold a minute. Let me let me reset my connection. Hold on. Oh, see. Yes, I think I'm good now. I'm not using... Yeah, I got you. I'm not using your 2000 technology at Shrek 4D, so I, th- I think I'm doing better now.
0: Uh, well, it shouldn't be a surprise that the signal's bad. You are far, far away.
2: Far, far away in a, in a <laughs> land you may not come to. Those of you missing all of this antics that we're t- I'm trying to play along with their stick, um, Shrek 4D, something we've known for a very long time at Universal Studios Florida, has been officially announced as closing at the beginning of next year, I believe, and will be replaced with something else that most likely will be more marketable and be one of the largest Part of one of the largest franchises that Universal IPs have. That looks remarkably like the f- attraction directly across the road from it. Okay. We have mm-hmm. every reason to believe that a Villain Con Minions attraction will go in there. Now we are totally in the rumor world because this this literally changes week to week with Universal Creative. But because we thought they were just going to get, they were just going to take away one of the theaters and turn this attraction in there. But now they're closing the shop and one and a half, pretty much the whole thing, to put in some version of probably a villain con attraction. So you may think in terms of minions meet Spider-Man web-slingers. I, must,
0: I, I, am, I am pretty minion ignorant uh, intentionally at this point, I must say. I, I did finally do the uh, minion ride a I'm couple sorry. Of years ago. Yeah, I know. It was... I mean, I'm still bitter that Hanna Barbera's gone. I mean, I liked the Jimmy Neutron version as well, but Hanna Barbera is my is my jam. I've still got a Scooby Doo like the one, the one mm-hmm. plush animal that I still have on show in my room is a Scooby Doo from the OG uh, Hanna Barbera ride. Shop. I don't know if other people have noticed this, but I was having this rant yesterday. In fact, to my parents because uh, some some super local news here. Josh, I don't even know if you knew this. Did you know the Disney store at Bluewater has has gone?
1: Yes, it's I gone. believe uh, Disney have done one of their age old things of shutting down their uh, commercial properties to i think they in america they're becoming boutiques in target or something like that
2: yes pretty much well this is this is disney was famous for we're having trouble we want to downsize so we contracted out to another company i think it was in the u.s it was children's warehouse or something like that Our right, in our yeah. version they ran the disney stores then they they got the disney stores running properly so disney bought them back sell low buy high bought them back and then ran them in the ground and now they're i think there are 24 stores left in the U.S. Disney stores, and that counts okay. the ones at Walt Disney World. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. Well, but is there still one at Orlando Airport? Is that gone?
2: I think I saw it on the flight in. I'm I'm sure that there is. There's a Universal one. Surely there's a Disney oh, one.
0: There's even a SeaWorld one. Sorry, a yes. uh, UK UK gift shop. And that's what yes, I
2: mean. UK <laughs> gift shop. So
0: uh, I I assume that given yeah Disney getting out of north kent i I guess they're just running scared of the london resort
2: yes
1: that's uh, clearly what's happening
2: i knew the london (laughs) resort would have to come up which we wonder if it will ever happen but we also we walked up Also blocked out some important refurb news at Universal Orlando. Um, the Mummy is finally getting its refurb starting next year for, they say, six months. We'll see. Um, mm. I wrote it yesterday, and everything was in B mode. Imhotep was, was it may have been C mode. I've seen a better version of that. He doesn't come out. He doesn't tell you silence. He doesn't anything. I shall rule you. The others are recording. It's still the same recording, but it's just not oh. it's not the same. And uh, oh. several of the other things were down. And we know that there's some track that needs to be replaced because they haven't done a full refurb of the mummy. And I think since the beginning, right. was two, I'm guessing off the top of my head, 2003. I mean, yeah, long that sounds
0: that sounds right. I remember I remember going on it and then having posters up for the mummy three coming soon yeah <laughs> and uh i saw that movie in uh, what was then downtown disney and i don't think i've ever spoken of it since this is the so,
1: Tomb of the dragon emperor ever
0: yeah that sounds I think right so,
2: because remember there's mummy three and there's scorpion king with the rock those are two different things yeah
0: yes yeah, yeah. they are yeah the mummy three though was uh they got well, they didn't get rid. I assume she looked at the script and was like, no, thank you. <laughs> thank uh, you. Rachel Vi- Rachel Weiss was not in it. And yeah. Brendan Fraser had like zero chemistry with whoever yep. replaced her. I can't remember who it was. But um, yeah, I'm really gutted about them. I mean, I mean well, it's, I'm, I go two ways on it, obviously, because I, I think they've done obviously. I mean, we, remains to be seen the extent of the work that they do to this. Uh, I, I know there's some suggestion it might be what's known as a retrack like yes. they did Hulk I think Hulk well, really then, benefited from that and so and Spider-Man got a nice update as well didn't right. it and but
2: Voice they don't have time things. to do a full retrack but they have some sections they need to fix
0: right so yeah they, I mean there's part of me especially given what you've just said about the whole thing being in B or C mode it definitely needs this treatment and I'm glad to see it get it because it Hopefully we'll see it last a good few more years. You know, it's not like they're, I mean, I think when when, this, when a ride gets to this kind of point, right, it's probably when you make a decision of do we uh-huh. rejuvenate it or replace it. So I'm glad they're rejuvenating it and not replacing it. But yeah, just selfishly, it means I, I will miss it. If we if my trip goes ahead in the spring, it will be closed at that point, which is which is a shame because I think it is my favorite ride, certainly at Universal Studios. And it's probably top three uh, across the two parks there. So I'll I'll miss it, but I guess I'll just have to come back in uh, Mm -hmm. 2024.
2: I rode The Mummy three or four times on two, uh, two days ago. Um, and, and everything worked wonderfully, but it tends to run better in the morning. But as the day goes on, it tends to, it tends to be like us at work. It tends to move yeah. a little yeah. slower.
0: Imhotep gets towards the end of his shift. It's like, I've, <laughs> your end will be my beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yes. made it up. I
2: shall rule for
1: all eternity. No one got him his damn coffee. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. A lot
0: more- I got my cup of coffee! Yeah, so yes, uh, selfishly, I'm I'm sad to see it go. And I guess Josh, this is probably the no pun intended. There's the final nail in the sarcophagus when it comes to your Florida 2022 trip.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think uh, no mummy is is basically writes the whole thing off. What's the point? No mummy, no party. Absolutely.
2: Um, May I introduce you to the Velocicoaster and Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure and the Born Stuntacular?
1: Oh, he's he's got a good point there. He's got you there. Yeah. He's got it, can't you. can't know? argue with that. That's no. That to be but the the two coasters especially look, you know, top quality. And right.
2: don't forget about Mardi Gras next year. We already have it announced full and back in full force. Full force Mardi Gras. Wow. Yep. You, Everything you know over there. They then. announced that on October sixth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, what would you uh Josh, what would you do with the incre- if I may say so, incredibly uh, impressively physiqued men on stilts outside the mummy show. I mean, those guys have pecs that deserve to be seen, and I would be disappointed if they are not found a new role which allows them to show them off. I don't want to see those guys in like a Scooby-Doo outfit. They deserve
2: better. Well, what do you do with them? That is a good question. But uh, well, we know they'll be busy during Mardi Gras, all jokes aside.
0: <laughs> I just like the idea of just recasting them in the most like <laughs> ill-suited roles in the parks, like they do the choir in Hogsmeade or something like that.
2: Right, well, we could make them part of the Macy's Day... Macy's... Sorry, the holiday parade sponsored by Macy's or presented by Macy's. You know, they could walk around stilts. They could bring Santa Claus in.
0: There you go. Just ripped, tanned Santa. I like Mm -hmm. it. And I guess, yeah, I mean... All right. I guess, as you say, John, this uh, Minions villain con
2: thing is. uh, Now, remember, that is uh, it's a a solid rumor, but it's been a solid rumor for at least a year.
0: Would there there be anything that I mean, Josh, how about uh, the uh, just a permanent home for the West End Back to the Future stage show inside Universal Studios?
1: Oh, sign me up.
2: (laughs) We could have that take over the Toon Lagoon Amphitheatre. That would be good.
0: Is that there's, showing, there's nothing in there, right? Is, hasn't that theater been shut as long as I can ever remember? I, I never I've never seen anything in there.
2: But there hasn't been anything permanent there and I'm I don't have my notes in front of me for oh, 15 years. Um, they, they use it for special events, they use it for training, they use it for cheerleader things. They used to use they used to heavily use it for a celebration of Harry Potter back when that happened. Um, but it pretty it's it's not really used at all. Of course, would we'll bring us to another nice, pretty rumor with the Blue Man Group stage mm. empty. We could stick the Back to the Future there. That's a
1: good space for that's a big you know been used for a similar purpose, right? In the Blue but Man the, Group. So
2: the yeah, the rumor today it's today, so tomorrow will be different. The rumor today is that the Grinchmas show that happens in Seuss Landing is going to happen at the Blue Man Group Theater this year. I'm not sure how that's going to work logistically.
1: Yes. Uh... fairly like sizable change in like locations
2: as i as i tell people it's not good to be in the rumor business because they universal because they change on a minute by minute basis but that's the information as of this moment
0: we shall watch it with great interest i suppose i mean i don't know if you just want to briefly say as well josh like in all seriousness that back to the future west end show yeah, sounds like a dream. If you are a Back to the Future fan,
2: yeah. Did we uh, actually tell the audience that we're talking about that show? Uh, no, I don't think we did.
1: No. We we okay. covered it pre-show, but uh, last week, as a sort of uh, family, congratulations to me getting my new job. Uh, we went out to uh, Hard Rock. Cafe. Congratulations, Josh! Thank you very much.
0: You'll uh, be greatly missed on the Park Rush podcast, but I am <laughs> sure you're going to thrive wherever you end up.
1: I'll try. I'll 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 try. It, it won't be the same, but uh, no. Yeah, so proper like you know theme park sort of day. Went to Hard Rock Cafe for dinner, uh, then went to see Back to the Future the oh. musical you know, up in London. Hard Rock. It was a new Hard Rock as well. It was a Piccadilly Circus one, not the original one in Mayfair. And then uh, Back to the Future in the Adelphi Theatre uh, on the Strand. And if you like Back to the Future, I don't think it'll disappoint. I think is really good they have changed some of the things to make the show work on a stage rather than obviously on the big screen and there's some some really nice references to the fact that we're in 2021 and the world is a bit of a mess compared to the uh, 2015 of back to the future
2: yeah for a start
1: the delorean's got no fuel
2: you don't need fuel or
1: roads where they're going they'll be fine it's true so you don't see the modern day delorean uh, time machine you only see like the 1980s version so it's still a plutonium-based vehicle uh, or, or lightning-based obviously in the 50s
0: well i'm glad to hear it's good because i think anytime i hear anything about a new back to the future project i sort of approach with tre- trepidation yeah the those, good thing about
1: this that- one is uh the bobs are involved uh so uh, bob gale uh robert zemeckis is the other bob um and yeah not jay uh, peck and Iger. no <laughs> <laughs> thank god uh and alan silvestri is uh, helped with the music as well so got got the band back together as they say
0: nice well there you have it I'm as I say I'm hoping to see it later this month so I'm very much looking forward to it and and just before we move off of like move move on to the next thing kind of away from Universal Studios Florida stuff I did want to maybe you know just return to that anecdote I started to tell about the Disney store because I don't know if anyone agrees with me this is like a, a major talking point of theme park merch as far as I'm concerned part of the reason why mm. I was emotional to see the Disney story. John's walked off and I don't blame him. Part of the reason... (laughs) (laughs) Part of the reason that I was emotional about the Disney story because it brought back memories of, of finding the cuddly seven dwarves. I had to look all over the place for these things. Some of them I got in Florida. Some of them I got back in the UK. And they're quite good quality. Like, they they weren't like these plushy things they had a bit of heft to them so they would stand up and that's the reason i've still got this scooby-doo out because he's he's, he's a bit firm you know so he can stand up on all, on his four legs uh, but these days all the theme park cuddly toys they're so soft and plushy there's like nothing to them i i don't like this trend i, I like it when your, your cuddly toys had a bit of heft you know anyway i am just putting
2: it out there <laughs> Okay. uh, Two thoughts. One, I'm not, I'm not sure you're the target demographic for cuddly toys.
0: You say that we should see, uh, parts of this house would beg to differ.
2: Okay. Um, I still don't think you're the target demographic. You may be an exception to that rule. But two, um, I got up because they're cleaning the room next to us. And I don't want you guys to hear that. So I grabbed my headphones.
0: That's a commitment but, to audio quality. But
2: your Disney quality. Store segue I, really helps. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I'll put a picture of this particular Scooby, uh, this a euphemism, mm-hmm. up on the Park Rush Twitter page. And you can judge for yourself uh, the the quality of this particular Scooby compared to the Scoobies that you can get these days. I certainly think it's uh, it's. It's pretty good anyway let's move on to some other stuff we will do kind of a whistle a whistle stop tour of some of the other headlines from last week which we didn't get to i mean briefly hinted at there by the fact that i'm still clinging on to the hopes of this florida trip next spring is that we are or we should be uh in a position in around a month's time where uh, we humble brits may once again be allowed back into the united states uh to start retaking what is rightfully ours yeah i'm yeah. Boy. You're going to you're going to let us you're going to let us back in on holiday, which I'm very grateful for.
2: No, no. I think we're just telling you we're letting you back in. I'm not sure we actually are because you still haven't gotten a date, have you? uh,
0: No, no specific date. I think it's kind of I kind of assumed they'd be using Thanksgiving as a kind of vague
2: target. You know, for
0: the family reunions that people may want to have. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about that. Obviously, I just want to <laughs> go on the roller coasters.
2: But you don't want to come during Thanksgiving weekend. So that's a different conversation. Oh, no,
0: absolutely not. I just want to be allowed in by April. That's that's all I want. Joe, if you're out there, if you're listening, he's probably in bed by now, isn't he? But if, if he's listening at all, then, wow. then Joe, I just want you to know that uh, April 1st will do me as a as a reopen the borders day. That's That's more than early enough.
2: I I cannot remember, but in the U.S., we call it April Fool's Day. So you might not want to pick that day.
0: No, yeah, we we also have have April Fool's
2: Day. I couldn't remember. Uh,
0: No, uh, But yes, that's I mean, that's as big as kind of thing Park News gets is the U.S. is going to let the Brits into Florida again. So hopefully they go through with it. And, and I get, I mean, the parks, I'd imagine, I don't know how much Disney World you've done during your current stay, John, but I have to assume it's absolutely mental there at the moment. Well, the idea of, yeah. I mean, it's mental and at the moment solely relying really on US visitors. I mean, once you get all the, the Brits and the Brazilians back in, it's going to be absolutely rammed. You're not gonna be able to breathe your own air.
2: Well, if we keep having 50th celebrations at Disney, and sorry, um, this is a a Touring Plans commercial, just play along as a Touring Plans blogger. Touring Plans predicted that Magic Kingdom and Epcot would be a 10 out of 10 crowd level for the first couple days of October because of the 50th celebration. They were absolutely correct, but not in the right way. The rides were a one out of 10. If you wanted to go for the attractions, Oh, it was the best day ever. I mean, I I have I have friends who rode Dumbo like four times in a row and they rode Space Mountain with five minutes was the longest wait. And that may have been time from the walking through the queue. Yeah. Um I can tell you at Universal Orlando the weights are down, but we see we have we have <laughs> I would suspect we have a lot of visitors from Brazil. Um, not to go back into my history of serving as a missionary, but I was a missionary in Brazil, which not, let's not make that sound like that was a tough job, okay? It wasn't. Uh, don't get that delusion. But I know the difference between Portuguese and Spanish. I mean, don't ask me to speak it, but I know the difference. There's a lot of Portuguese being spoken. Less, and it's not the formal Portuguese you speak in Portugal. Sorry, I just insulted every Brazilian national in the world. But um, they they kind of know what i mean (laughs) i can't imagine what universal would be like without because we clearly have a significant number of south american visitors and i'm i'm assuming you speak spanish you live in florida no i'm not making an assumption here i'm just going by the people who speak portuguese but the weights are pretty low unless you do the silly thing of oh let's try to get on green guts at two o'clock in the afternoon everyone's like oh yeah the weight's not bad it's 70 minutes i'm like It was walk-on for the first four hours the park was open. That's your fault. That's on you. You should consult. Sorry, let me finish my commercial. You should consult your touring plan's subscription and get that solved. You wouldn't have that problem. Like I rode Velocicoaster this morning four times. I've done it two days in a row, Velocicoaster four times in a row in the morning. I haven't waited counting time to put stuff in my locker and take stuff out of the locker. I haven't waited more than 10 minutes. Wow.
0: Amazing. Yeah, that sounds good. That's 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 the way I like it. I mean, part of the reason I'm I'm disappointed about the mummy is that that was always a very reliable. I could do this three times in a row if I wanted to before I even have to worry about moving on. And, um, you know, there's uh, it it seemed like the kind of ride that got people on and off pretty quick. So,
2: yeah, but they've started using less cars because they had a reliability issue Uh, it's building up to i i um spoiled bourgeoisie very part-time blogger here i had to use my express because i have that as a part of my spoiled bourgeoisie annual pass my top Mm. of the line annual pass i pay for because the the weight went to 60 minutes for The Mummy at like 3.30 yesterday. Now, I think they were yeah. lying. I think they were lying getting ready for Halloween Horror Nights like Disney does. Another Touring Plans commercial. Disney tells you it's going to be 65-minute wait. Touring Plans says it's 28-minute wait. Guess which one's correct? Most of the time, it's Touring Plans. Disney inflated. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Universal was inflating those times because it was near Halloween Horror Nights time. But it was at least a 40-minute wait.
1: Just like anecdotal but last time i went to florida i did use the touring plans um not to add to your commercial that i am getting nothing for but um it was
2: i I pay i pay for my touring plan subscription so i'm apparently not getting much except for lynn and group won't cut me off from my small blogging checks yeah
1: (laughs) it's it's a very useful tool um it'll be interesting to see how that works uh, obviously with the new disney experience
2: Oh, I'll be happy to come on because uh, the staff has been waiting several years for this genie to come out. I mean, they've already written like a whole bunch of blogs about this is what you expect with genie. This is what's going to happen. If you were listening carefully, remember how I said Disney inflates wait times? That's all I'm going to say. Anything else would be would be slandering the mouse. Yes.
0: You mentioned the genie there. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you've got uh, our news uh, agenda from last week open, but there was some uh, to more G- genie adjacent, genie plus adjacent news, I guess you could say oh, from you, Disney you, last week for the fiftieth anniversary. I don't know if you've got it to hand. You mean the uh, Magic Band Plus through, information? Magic Band Plus, yeah. You mean, uh,
2: the Disney cancels something and brings it back and adds a cup holder and charges you more. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we we call that the, we call that the Lexus phenomenon in our country. <laughs>
1: uh, it's, it's shiny though. It, it's, it lights up. Yes. I mean, <laughs>
2: It's
0: pretty.
1: Yeah. If this was what Magic Band Non Plus was like originally at the price it was at, I'd be like, this is kind of cool. But uh, the additional price seems uh, a bit heinous, but...
2: You mean it seems like the Bob who came out of merchandise, who increased the merchandise in all of Disney properties and made the shareholders happy because he is a genius with merchandise. Does this sound like something a merchandise person would have created? I can't see the connection there. No. Yeah, see, that's that's the part I'm struggling with is, (laughs) is like... Why are you doing this? You guys invested, now I'm picking on Disney. Sorry, for those of you unaware, I write 90% of my stuff about Universal. So just take that for what it's worth. You spent millions upon millions to create this magic band. It doesn't work or it didn't work. Now you're going to throw a nice pretty paint job on it, add some features and maybe make it easier with your Genie Plus. And you want mm-hmm. us to all hand you some money and hope that our battery doesn't wear out like mine always did. And you have oh, to buy really. a new one every year.
0: Uh, so, what, so Josh, I don't know if you've got it in front of you. or What exactly are we getting for this magic bound Plus that the old one couldn't do? And how much more is it? Is the mouse charging for it?
1: uh so this one uh can light up uh at, in specific <laughs> locations that i think you've seen it in stadiums and stuff like they have lights on seats in stadiums sometimes that so you can the seats will interact with the performance something would happen on the castle maybe and then everyone's magic bands in the audience may light up in succession the thing with magic bands is is they vary on price depending on how fancy they are um i believe there's a uh, 50th anniversary one out that is absolutely extortionate right now I mean, think um, I want to say it was 100 bucks but I could be misremembering that
2: I don't remember it being that much but it was could be, uh, at least could be three bucks. at least three times more than what they were before. yeah so wow. 70 US
1: madness but, prices really
2: but I recall, and I could be wrong, because I was busy writing other stuff. Let's just say that I know they were more than fifty, because somebody made a joke about the fiftieth anniversary. Magic bands were more than fifty dollars, and that's without tax. Correct. Yes. <laughs> good, good job, UK person, pointing that out, because that is a valid point. Yeah.
0: That's about all we have left going for us as a country now. We don't have to add tax to our. Prime. I mean, maybe we will one day. Maybe we'll. It's just this is the final fu to the British population by by the and, government. And he,
2: and you don't have the confusing tipping thing either yeah no no yeah we st- i'm just i'm just giving you all your material because you
1: know you're uk based we st- we still tip on occasion It's right. uh, which makes it even more confusing for uh, non natives
0: you know what i will um what i will say just on the topic of tipping i think the biggest tip we ever gave was in florida and it was at a tony romers mm-hmm. uh tony i feel like tony romers is probably a, a kind of a favorite of the thing park crowd there are a lot of them around i don't think as many as there used to be you there used to be a, a ton of them around the kind of thing park areas like in the in the disney area and uh, I, th- I think there aren't quite so many now but we went to one at one point and they had on the kids menu one of the desserts was i think it was called a mud pie or something Something like that. It was like a chocolate dessert and it had sort of gummy worms in it. It was meant the, the it was meant to look like, you know, they just dug it out of the ground. So we ordered this mud pie and we had a window seat. And uh, I don't know, about five minutes later, someone passed by at the window and we looked outside and it was the waiter down on his hands and knees digging, <laughs> digging in the mud by, nice. by, the, by the car park. Nice. And I was like, wow, this guy's gone above and beyond. He, he really wants us to think this is a mud pie. So he got the biggest tip that we've ever given, and and he earned it. He's probably still living large off of that tip. He's been in Vegas ever since. <laughs> have you uh, have you got any anything else on this Magic Band Plus, Josh? Or uh, no, yours? not really. I mean, and there's some other stuff, isn't there? There's there's Hey Disney. What's that all about that they've also announced for the fiftieth?
1: That is uh, this this sort of uh, Alexa based device that is going to go into the uh, accommodation in Disney, uh, and it's uh, what they call it an Echo Show basically Mm -hmm. an echo show with a mickey fascia slash stand around it and you'll be able to say uh hey disney and it will allow you to provide you know a concierge style information but uh from the device rather than having to phone down to front desk
0: is there anything similar to that in in your current in your universal room there john do you have you got any fancy smart tech besides the ipad that does some of the
2: lights we have lots of smart tech there's if you it i'm at aventura um if you have anything like there's I could show, of course, your podcast audience can't see it. You can set up your Alexa, your Amazon, your Echo, all that stuff here if you wanted to do it. Um, all of your streaming services are already set up on the tablet they give you. It can all be done very easily. And the one thing that works, that this is one of the occasions where Universal does a better job than Disney does on this. If you text... The hotel—they quickly respond, quickly give you the information you need, and bring the stuff to your room very quickly. In most cases, that's very really um, nice. So you so you don't have to deal with that because they Universal screwed up a lot of stuff getting going through this COVID thing, but they've kept this and it's worked really well. But of course, we still need to work on just to be fair. They really need to work on mobile check-in. Okay, <laughs> if, you, if you if you'd like to read between the lines, go search my name and mobile check-in at Universal. And whereas whereas at Disney, everything's pre-programmed, assuming you have your magic band plus and you've spent all your money you just go straight
0: to the only other the only other things for the sort of this week's hot suite of 50th anniversary disney world news is those those food dishes that we talked about a few weeks ago named after former attractions they've they've revealed some of those they haven't taken up some of our suggestions unfortunately such as mr toad's wild rice but i am pleased to see mr toad represented with uh, the toad burger which was perhaps the most impressively assembled burger i've ever seen based on the picture. They've got sort of olives stuck in the top of the bun to look like eyes and a, a gherkin uh, uh-huh. sticking out the front like a tongue. Uh, I would love to see what the kind of 7.30 p.m. end of day toad burger looks like just with sort of an olive falling down the front of his face and half a gherkin sticking out the wrong way. So it's a tail. You yeah, know, let me um,
2: let me let me give you some perspective on that um, as someone who <laughs> as someone who's written a lot about burgers lately and even been <laughs> taken even been taken over to Steakhouse 71 to have the burger there which mm. by the way w- was fabulous by the way assuming you're oh. not on a diet i mean it <laughs> probably it probably is a 2,000 calorie burger especially with the fries so i mean i mean it's really, wow. really really it's really really good the one the one here at the bar 17 is pretty good it costs a little bit less but the one there is it it's up to the level of being a steakhouse i've put in requests to people to try the toad burger so that i could write a review because i get four sources no one's willing to try it because of uh the burger patty this okay. is where i I know you got several of my other UK friends. We make fun of this because they all seem to love cosmic rays at Magic Kingdom. The worst frozen burger patty on this planet. It makes <laughs> it makes it makes Burger Digs and Richters at Universal look like fine dining. And so, so no no one has been willing to try the Mr. Toad burger for me. They were all happy to try the Steakhouse burger. They were all well, happy to try all the other ones. Yeah, they were thrilled. They were yeah. like, oh, I mean. I love you, man, but I'm not doing it. I'm like,
0: okay. here's my promise to you. If if I mean, it sounds like people are so repulsed by the idea that it's entirely (laughs) it's entirely plausible that we get to April and you still don't know anyone that's ever had the toad burger. If that is the case, my promise to you is that I will eat a toad burger at the Magic Kingdom next April.
2: Now, I know some people, but the only people I know are people who were directly compensated to eat it and (laughs) write a review.
0: Oh, okay, fine. Well, okay. Well, I will. I will buy it of my own accord.
2: Right. I know. I know what they said.
0: They should. If it's as bad as you say, maybe they. They should. You should come with a T-shirt. You know, like the ones you get at Bush Gardens. (laughs) I. I conquered Chikra. You get. I ate the Toad Burger. That yeah. was me. I
2: mean, don't misunderstand me. It may be a great burger. I'm just saying. Uh,
0: there's some there's some cool looking stuff here. I uh, like the squid's revenge drink and huh? there's loads of other sort of 50th anniversary specific stuff. And Josh, I mean, I'm gonna keep nudging you with these little things. I'm just chipping away. Chipping away at that miserable visage that you're that you're wearing right <sighs> now. And it's like, I'm not going to Disney World. It's over. And I'm like, but what about this? But what about this? Here's another one for you, Josh. Go on. Limited edition. Mickey's Premium boss. 50th anniversary wrapping, my friend. How are you passing it, this
1: up? Is this the, uh, the hand-dipped one, or is this the...
0: I don't know, but Mickey's wearing a suit on the wrapping. How could you oh,
1: not want this? Wow. Uh, okay,
2: maybe I'm out of the loop on this and I've not been listening carefully. Josh, you have sworn off of Disney forever? Or just... Uh, just during your family trips?
1: Uh, just during, uh, I'm just going to say just for next year's family trip. If not then, then when? Who knows? But uh, I've still got uh, Tokyo Disney to do. So uh, I think that's that's next on the cards. Uh, it's never been done right. in this house. So it, it, I feel it needs to be conquered.
2: Yeah, I can respect that. Someone asked me what my Disney bucket list item was, and it was Disney Seas at Tokyo. So. Yeah, I, I thought about it for about half a second. That's that's what I would want to do. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, they've they've got a new prime minister now in Japan. Maybe maybe uh, we can get on. Maybe he's a fan. Maybe he's a Park Rush fan, and he I'm might sure. accelerate their uh, border restriction the easing of their border restrictions so that we can get over there and um hit up some 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 Japanese Disney parks yeah I think, saw, uh,
2: I think we saw how that went for um uh, for the Olympics so be careful yeah 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 uh
0: the final thing on the 50th anniversary I'm, I'm pleased to say that Disney have confirmed that the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular epic stunt spectacular pardon mm-hmm. me is coming back now Josh are you telling me you're not gonna go back to Disney <laughs> despite Indiana Jones... Jones coming back?
1: Uh, yes, uh, that is what I'm saying. Uh, I'm glad wow. it is coming back, though.
0: We're having we're having conversations at the moment about. I mean, we are we have got, I believe, booked basically 17. Days in Florida, and um, normally that gives you know we don't we don't tend to do a theme park every day. We did that the last time we were there when we when I was only there for I think eleven days. My sister was there for nine, so it was only my parents who were there for long enough. Really, so for the days that me and my sister were there, we were basically doing a theme park every day, and I was so exhausted that by the sort of three or four days to go, I was not really even enjoying it anymore. I was sort of I need a day off, so. The 17 days gives you a bit more of a buffer but given how many parks we do want to do because it's fair to say that I think everything that we would that we have done apart from Magic Kingdom has something new compared to when we were last there. So Hollywood Studios has all the Star Wars stuff and the Toy Story stuff that we've not done. Epcot has Ratatouille and Frozen, which we've not done. Animal Kingdom, actually Animal Kingdom, I don't think has anything new either, but Islands does,
2: Universal does. (laughs) Kite (laughs) Tales. Why do you say Kite Tales to the Universal blogger? Okay, I'm going to be quiet.
1: (laughs) My biggest problem with Kite Tales is most of them, they're not kites, they're (laughs) balloons
2: right (laughs) in fairness i think it was a really good idea it was a good idea to kind of recycle some stuff that they could use you got to do something with that area yeah and they got to do something to create some more traffic because everest is going to be down for refurb. you got to do something or that park is going to go to less than a half day park i love animal kingdom it's probably my second favorite park at Disney. Yeah, they got a, they got some problems with Kite Tales right now. It's, it's just too easy to make fun of. Oh, yeah. I'll make fun of know. Uni- I've already made fun of Universal and they've already apologized via social media already today. So <laughs> I'm more than happy to do that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, do we know if they have adapted the DuckTales theme tune at all for Kite Tales? Because that's an instant <sighs> fix right there as far as I'm concerned. I'll, I'll turn up anywhere that's playing the DuckTales theme. I'm, I'm fair, a simple man.
2: I think I used my rank as 176 most important person in touring plans to try to help with that and
0: oh. I got no alas. So So when is, uh, we may well have covered this and I've just forgotten. When is e- Everest scheduled to go down for refurb? Am I going to miss that too?
2: I think you're going to miss that too.
0: Well, that might make it easier to skip Animal Kingdom because um, we do the- want to do we do want to do Busch Gardens. They've got some new yeah. stuff. I mean, we might get Iron Gwazi, if we're lucky, might have opened by the time we get there. But even if it hasn't, there is, uh, I think, tigris or tigris however you say it is is also yeah. new will be
2: iron Guazi is scheduled to be open uh either february or march
0: oh great okay nice and Ice
2: Bre- icebreaker at sea world is scheduled to be open whichever the other one is one's february one's march oh okay mm.
0: and Guazi was one of my first kind of like big boy coasters you know uh it was one of my it was probably the first coaster i ever did that they actually sold hey well done you're brave uh t-shirts for you know and uh so it's got a special place in my heart i i, I think I, I probably did i think i did my back in one time i did that ride and it's still yeah. not recovered
2: i was trying not to ask that question and then how old were you when you tore up your back on iron Gwaz on guazi because that was the problem <laughs>
0: not, not old That's right but that There's ride that ride is is vicious yes it doesn't care how old you are
2: guazi needed to be rmc'd to go to the hybrid it really needs to if it yeah. can be if it can be 60% of what Steel Vengeance is at Cedar Point when it was totally hybrid, then it'll be an incredible attraction. Eh? Fingers crossed.
0: Fingers crossed indeed.
2: And hope that uh, the Bush company pays their bills.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh,
2: it has been an issue. Yeah. Bring
0: back the free pints. Oh, <laughs> God damn it.
2: Sorry, you have to have annual pass for that at the moment. That's a bummer. Um, I know. Anyway.
0: Uh, last couple of bits before we, we get on to Halloween Horror Nights, finally. Uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser is opening for booking uh, from, I think, October 28th, general booking. And yeah. uh, that opens on March 1st. I don't think there's any other new information from that. But, uh, Josh, you're telling me that you could go on the Galactic Star Cruiser and you're still not going to go to Florida next year?
1: I'm I'm not paying Star <laughs> Cruiser money.
0: <laughs> Look, all you yeah. need to do is sell a kidney. All right. Is that so much to ask? To go to um, space?
1: How, how to, valuable go to are space Josh's kidneys? Uh, I mean, I would say they're reasonably... I mean, you're going
2: to donate both of them? I think that's not a good trade for you in the long run. Mm,
1: yeah, it's probably true, actually. But you go to space, I, Josh.
2: Sorry. Let me let me step in and be the voice of reason for those of you unaware. I have a day job as a as a moderate Baptist minister here in the U.S. Let me be your clergy advisor here, uh, Josh. It's not it's not worth it. Spoken by someone who has three friends who have already booked the Star Cruiser, wow. and I'm like, hold on, you're paying more for just you than I make of my day job. Like a month. What what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got any openings where you work by any chance?
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> That's uh,
0: um... Josh. Your new job, not not paying the Star Cruiser bills. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It is not paying Star Cruiser bills, unfortunately. Uh, Uh, Maybe the next job.
0: Uh, Maybe the next job, yeah. Yeah, when you're CEO. Yeah. Just finally, delighted to say someone who probably can afford to go on the Galactic Star Cruiser, Scarlett Johansson, settled a lawsuit with Disney, so that means the Tower of Terror is hopefully back on. It,
2: movie. Is, it is back on with let's go
0: now i'm i'm always game for a theme park movie bad or otherwise uh, and when i say that I, I mean bad or pirates of the caribbean one <laughs> and then uh, of course uh, you weren't a, you weren't
2: a fan of jungle cruise now in fairness i've not
0: seen it uh, i i liked jungle cruise but i have to say i've kind of already sort of forgotten that it exists
2: Disney doesn't want that. They've already planned the sequel. I don't know if it's yeah. really stuck for you much, Josh. I, I, uh, I
0: can't I say thought about it much until you just mentioned it. I mean, there. sorry,
2: audience, this is the place we come for theme park games and movie information throughout the world. <laughs> so if they don't let, remember it, that should tell you a lot. Yeah. And I'm doing that, I'm doing that obnoxious you can't see preacher thing where I wave my arms like it's really, really important. <laughs> it
1: is really, really important.
2: I wasn't I was, trying to downplay it. I only wave those arms when it's really, really important. <laughs> uh, I
1: was, I was pretty, I would say I was pretty high on it when we was in the car on the way back from the cinema. Uh, I remember now. Uh, as, as the weeks have gone on and I've thought about things and I've listened to other podcasts where they review films or whatever,
2: uh, I've soured on it somewhat.
0: Since I started listening to people who know, actually know what they're talking
2: about. Hold <laughs> <all the> it. <time. laughs> We're not concerned about people who know what they're talking about. We are concerned about theme park movie and game experts. Exactly. No
0: no one who cares about people who know what they're talking about listen to the Park Rush podcast. And if they do, they're in the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, Final two bits. They finally confirmed Donkey Kong expansion is is going to come officially to uh, Super Nintendo World in Japan, but not until 2024, which I've seen some people suggest given they are advertising this already as being the first place you can experience the world of Donkey Kong in a theme park, given that this is widely expected, rumoured, to be uh, part of the Nintendo World from day one in Epic Universe. If this is 2024, that would perhaps suggest Epic Universe is 2025. So, a way to go to wait for that one, and, and not, uh, not can...
2: to be not to be depressing, but um, the twenty twenty five Epic Universe, the CEO said a couple of weeks ago, it will be several years until Epic Universe comes, which sounds like they're hedging their bet for twenty twenty six. Does doesn't it?
0: Right, yeah, quite yeah. possibly.
1: Ouch. Yeah, uh,
2: oh, Universal
0: Hollywood. Uh, oh yeah, Pokemon. That was some more new news. What what was that again? The Pokemon stuff. I
1: that's also coming to universal studios japan i think yep. uh, no they have just like signed paperwork they haven't said like a date or anything i don't think so yeah
2: and that's, and that's the pre- that's the precursor for it coming to universal orlando in some form but now we're getting into weird theme park contracts of you you agree to use the ip and you're going to have something new every so often yeah. which is the problem with the with the wizarding world contract because they have got to create something soon or they're going to have to start paying money back. They don't want to. All uh, I'm I'm saying is I hear there's a fear factor live stage that's not being used. Well, thank God. Get rid of it.
0: You know, let's not get too into it here because I'm conscious of how long we've been going and we still haven't... (laughs) Still right. got to the reason John's here.
2: Uh, I, was I, just, I was just about to say, um, ladies and gentlemen, Tom may be editing this into a two-part podcast based on the time I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, maybe there's mileage in doing like a whole nother episode at some point where we just we just kind of do a bit of a catch up on like, where, where are we with sort of universal rumors? Because John, John yep. seems across just about all of them, it would maybe be useful rather than do what we've done here and. Every 10 minutes, one of us goes, oh, by the way, we go wildly off tangent?
2: But that's what your audience expects.
0: That's what the audience expects. It's what they deserve. Uh, And that's what we give them is uh, an unfocused mess. Anyway. Uh, I, I was going to just 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 to cover it as a responsible source of theme park news uh, you're going to need from I think as of recording this on the 7th of October so from today and when you hear this this will be in force you need to test negative for COVID-19 or be double vaxxed to go to Universal Studios Hollywood and other theme parks in LA County so keep that in mind uh, if you are planning a trip anytime soon okay Halloween yes. Horror Nights <laughs>
2: I've heard of this Halloween horror night. You mean the world's most impressive Halloween scary event ever? I mean oh, you, I you clearly would,
1: haven't been to Thorpe Park Fright night because
0: uh you say that, Josh. I was gonna say the man's clearly not been to that one we went to the press night at oh, Blue Water. Do you remember that? That was rough.
2: Back in the Anything day was good I, compared
0: to that. You know, I, I I do work in news still, but
2: just to clarify. Fact- we mean scary in an actual entertaining scary way, not scary in how bad it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, s- I see what you mean. Okay. Sorry,
2: I need to be more clear in my language. I'm sorry. I realize I am speaking American when I should be speaking English. So I apologize. <laughs> well,
0: I'm, I'm glad we've uh, we've worked that one out. Uh, <laughs> I, I won't go off on yet another tangent. Uh, John, Halloween Horror Nights it's it's up and running. You've done an R.I.P. tour, which I must confess, I'm ashamed to admit, it took me we- it took me longer than I would like to admit to work out what that meant i was like what, is, <laughs> what does he mean by that what is, am i an idiot it turns out yes i am this is literally just a spooky take on vip basically
2: look at you you are see it I've just took you a while to, to get
0: it. there it did but i've worked it out i'm pleased to say
2: uh, mm-hmm. and in fairness uh, yeah. a lot of people a lot of people who do that for halloween horror nights call it a vip tour they don't even call it by the correct name even though oh, you're I given a lanyard And you're given a whole bunch of stuff that says R.I.P. on it like you can't miss it. But that's a whole different conversation. Um, Not that long ago on September 18th, I went on a private group R.I.P. tour, which means that we basically have a tour guide for the evening for all of it. Who basically is just at our beck and call to take us to the front of the line to any house we want, take us anywhere we want in the parks. Take us underneath the underneath the tracks on the mummy attraction, if that's what we want to go do. Any of those things we could do. And that's what I did. The scary part is this was my first Halloween Horror Nights ever. Yes, a theme park, a universal theme park blogger who does specialize in food, but a universal theme park blogger who's never been to Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, it was, it was an interesting experience. And I'm not sure I could ever go back unless I'm doing an RIP tour because I'm completely spoiled. Yeah. Well,
0: it's it's, I it's mean, how that works, right? To be fair, you're talking to someone here who, you yeah, know, UK theme park podcast host who until four months ago had not been to the two biggest <laughs> theme parks in the UK uh, and was basically escorted around them like a small child uh, by Josh here. So, yeah.
2: you know, so I, we, um, should, we should give Josh more credit for his theme park knowledge. Is that what you're trying to say?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the only one here who's not a, a, a massive fraud, clearly.
2: Okay. <laughs> That's fair. What would you like to know about the RIP tour?
0: Well, I don't know if you want to just want to do a quick whistle stop tour of what what the mazes are this time out. And okay. I can try to remember. How um, how were they? I mean, I know you hadn't done it before, so I guess you maybe can't compare them so much to previous, but...
2: I can only compare them from editing other people's blogs and all the research and stuff, because I don't know if know <laughs> this or not, a lot of theme park writers are really good, but they can't edit their own stuff. Yeah, I know, it's uh,
0: You'd be surprised. There are a lot of professional journalists <laughs> I, who, who are exactly the same.
2: As uh, soon as the words uh-huh. came out of my mouth, I thought I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, you understand this completely, don't you? I absolutely uh, when I, do. Where I say things like, too much passive voice and too much using the same word to start each sentence and, oh, um, that's not a complete sentence and they look at me like, what? I'm like, no, that's not a sentence. That's not a sentence in any language. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, anyone who reads my blog will be like, you can't write either. That's a different issue. Um, <laughs> commercial, um, I did do a breakdown and review of most of Halloween Horror Nights for pirates and That's one of the other places I write for. But, RIP tour, you show up at 5.30 outside You go through this process where they put you in groups, they take you into the luxurious Café La Bamba that I'm sure neither one of you have been to. If it's not
0: Cross-Up Moon, I'm not interested. That's the only
2: universal
0: eatery that I attend.
2: For those of you wondering, I, I annoyed Tom today. Not annoyed. I poked the bear with Tom today of sending a tweet with the cookie from Croissant Moon that's oh. now $3.29. It's actually gone up. So.
0: Oh, it's still worth it. It's been underpriced for yes, it, entire its entire existence, in fact. So,
2: but Cafe the Bamba is this, they use it for VIP tours, RIP tours, special events, press events. Um, they used it for a skeleton bar last year for, H, for Diet HHN, which I went to. Mm. You go in, they had a little hors d'oeuvre buffet and your tour guide takes you around and you get your food and then eventually you get out and the tour guide basically says what do you want to do? And so I was there, my spouse was there who's a total Freddy cat who had been to Halloween Horror <laughs> before and everyone kind of the way I'm going to tell it, and I'm the one telling it right now, everyone kind of looked at her and and was like, "I think we should go to Beetlejuice first because that is clearly the least scary house of all of them." <laughs> and so we did, and it was. And Beetlejuice, the Beetlejuice house was everything you would expect it to be. There were lots of lots of Beetlejuice actors um every scene you're familiar with in the movie is there they did what universal does well they created sets that are movie quality and and went through there and there was there was very limited scares in that house then we went to haunting of hill house the netflix series i don't know if you guys have watched that or not
1: I, I haven't have you watched that at all is that is that any good
2: i i actually saw Um, I watched Haunting of Hill House. My spouse kind of twisted my arm into watching it. It was pretty good. My concern is I haven't started Haunting of Bly House. I think that's what it is now. Then They have a third version. They kind of are recycling actors into similar roles, and that always throws me off.
0: To be fair, that sounds like what they maybe could... And should have done in certainly in hindsight. With Stranger Things, is a, make it a yeah. bit more of a like an anthology, different yeah. characters each each time. Uh, and of course, Stranger Things was a a, a house, wasn't it? A year before last,
2: yes, it was one of the highest rated houses the first year it was, and one of the worst rated houses the second year it was there. We do Did expect, people- rumor wise, that Stranger Things is coming back for a Halloween Horror Night House next year. Did-
0: that that's exciting did the, i mean what i saw of it looked pretty cool did, did the beetlejuice house make up for the uh the ditching of the graveyard review i mean when did that go that must have been at what five years that, ago now
2: that that, that, that died went fast and furious we do not speak about that scariest attraction ever at universal Orlando.
0: no in some ways that is the ultimate haunted house
2: But I always have to remind people that the Fallon attraction, the Kong attraction and the Fast and Furious attraction were universal saving money so they could afford to pay Intamin for three coasters. Agrid's Velocicoaster and the rumored coaster at Epic Universe that they had to they had to pay up front. Sorry, allegedly had to pay up front.
1: Interesting. Okay. So,
2: so there was a lot of budget cuts and saving money, and that's yeah. why, why we were we just got a an already R and D terrible attraction over its Hollywood and brought it over here. Which now yeah. I need oh. to make my I need to make my Disney dig right now. And why can't they get Tron up and running since they're just using the same thing they have overseas? But that's a different right. issue. But It would be the Beetlejuice review could have been changed to be something better but it's gone. But the Beetlejuice House was good. And then Haunting of Hill House, uh, the sets were excellent. The scares were good. If you've seen the show, it was helpful uh, because you you could follow along what they were trying to do when there were no scare actors around. I guess at this point we should mention the plexiglass was in a lot of, not plexiglass, the vinyl was in a lot of places in these houses to separate the scare actors from the participants. Because if you've done Halloween Horror Nights, you know you walk through in this conga line, not exactly COVID safe environment <laughs> yeah
0: no uh, i was, I was I, going to ask you about I'm trying not to make a social commentary things.
2: as someone who wears a mask while he's here at universal often even though we're not required to and is living in a state with a mask mandate indoors i am sensitive to the issue uh, except for some houses the vinyl did not take away anything well oh, that's haunting good. it Haunting of Hill House was arguably probably the best house, but it would be helpful if you knew the backstory because Haunting of Hill House does this. This is what happened in the past. This is what happens in the present. It goes back and forth in the, on the show. And so you have to kind of know that's what's happening in the house.
1: Right. Yeah. Makes sense.
2: I seem to remember, I've written this so long ago, I seem to remember we left there and then we came back out into the, cause all these houses are in the backstage area. So we yeah. came back onto the main park. Uh, we pondered doing a few things. I think we rode MIB and, uh, I think I only got like 200, which is sad for me. I'm not very good, but usually I get about 300 <laughs> or <to> 400, <laughs> 400, to 400, thousand, not 400. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then we, because we walked right onto that, that we left there and then went to the Welcome to Scary House is what I remember. Welcome is Scary, you need to know your Halloween or Nights history. Well, Scary Ohio is a callback to one of the HHN creative people mm-hmm. who created a place with, and they would always come back to it. And that was one of the towns, Cary, Ohio. So it's Scary Ohio. And they brought back scare zones and houses that have been based upon that. It really was like a best of. I knew the individual houses, but there really wasn't a solid flow. It became more of a jump scare house and it worked. But I would argue that it was the worst house of the 10 this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I wrote on a scale of one to 10, it was probably a five or a six. So if your worst house is average I, I'm told by HHN veterans that sometimes the worst house is less than a one. Now there may be <laughs> there there may be some tens in that same year, but some of the houses are just terrible going back in time. Wow. So if your worst house is a five, that's a pretty good year.
1: Yes, that's um, a solid year. Yeah.
2: I've been told by my HHN veterans who've been there probably at least back when it was Fright Nights that this year nothing was a ten, but nothing was probably below a five.
0: When when people say that there have been uh, houses below a one. Do, do you know? Do you know of which ones they speak as of? As soon
2: as I said that out loud, I was trying to think. So think of, bad. I was trying to think of the houses.
0: There's yeah, like one. Is there one that's like this is the Invisible Man house and you go in and there's just well
2: that's there kind of the way they locked. described it is it was a house that was designed to have a bunch of scare actors and then if it, if the scare actors weren't there or a set change there was nothing in the house I'll go back yeah. and check my notes and I'll message you about it but they were like yeah if you caught that <laughs> and I, I now get these stories. I get missing the scares in the houses or getting all the scares. I understand what that means now. And I understand the cast change thing, too, because a house can be great or it can be eh, depending on how your cast change was. The one issue with Halloween Horror Nights houses is they're very dependent upon the team members. The team members make the house. Right. Yeah. But I mean, they were really good content in that scary house, but in the Welcome to Scary House, but it was you needed to be knowledgeable in HHN to enjoy it. And then the other two houses that were near that were Wicked Growth, which is a pumpkin house, Yep, which... Which arguably was the second best house, maybe the best house, because they thematically it was easy to follow. Witches are trying to resurrect the Pumpkin Lord. Yes, as a Christian minister, I'm having some issues as I'm walking through, but let's just let let's just let's just go with the go with the concept <laughs> here, because I'm like, this is like Sabrina. What? Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix, where everything is spoken in Satan terms, using the same language you would speak to God. And so, you know, Mm. the whole house is like witches and the pumpkin lord and they're raising this little baby to become the pumpkin lord. But the theming is great. Uh, The elements were great.
0: When you're doing these, do you feel like you're an extra in The Conjuring movies, like, you know, when they they get someone from the church to make the devils go away?
2: I sometimes visualize this make me sound important, but I'm not. I remember being at the Olympic training center here in the U S and training there. And that's another podcast for another time. And for some reason they wanted to show us exorcist one and exorcist two for our break time. I'm not really sure why, but yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. And so that kind of thing, but then also was puppet theater. That was the house that was announced really a year ago. Um, by video on everything and it does a good job of the theming of we've created an earthquake earthquake has trapped these people inside of here this puppet troop earthquake and all these things yeah that's that was a reference that someone said it looks like the earthquake um, attraction in here like they recycled many of those props I think they maybe did but they did a good job and there's the idea that they're going to turn you into a puppet and that was really well done
1: that sounds really cool
2: I, I thought it was really well done and you for me as the As the HHN noob, I didn't have to know anything.
1: Yeah, I I think that's, um, to an extent, it's good that a maze where you don't have to know stuff going in almost feels impo- in quite important because that, that's how you get new guests to enjoy themselves um to then want to come back year after year
2: yeah I think that's a problem with this 30th year celebration is three or four of the houses you kind of need to know what you're doing and obviously as a very part-time blogger I knew a bunch of the stuff from the history so I was like oh yeah that's what that is oh yeah that's what it but what if you were someone who didn't know that yeah I think it would be hard We took a break, then we went to see the Lagoon Show, which I can't even think about what that Lagoon Show is called, the projection show. I thought it was okay, um, but I had already seen it because I'd already had to edit somebody's blog, blog about it, and so it was good but everyone the standard thought is it was not as good as the one two years ago the one two years ago the first time they did it was just fabulous and this one was just okay because one of the struggles with halloween horror nights is it needs more using the theme park term people eating shows yeah it needs places for people to go and the lagoon set up since they have it set up for the lagoon show that goes on during the during the regular season. There's just not there's nowhere to sit. You're standing in the viewing area. can get kind of cramped. Now, in fairness, the show's only about 10, 12 minutes, so it's not that big okay. a deal. But it, it's kind of a weakness in the how they did it. Not that the old version, the old cinematic show where they used to have the, the screens on the on the lagoon was any better but that's one of the weaknesses of them creating that show so that right, but it was good that they at least tried to do something there
1: yeah so that's the uh marathon of mayhem yes thank you I knew, I
2: knew it was marathon of something i just couldn't think of what it was because that's the premise is jack is in charge because somehow i'm, str- I'm still struggling with this because i have a logic problem jack who was trapped in the lantern by fear those of you who don't know your H H N, just play along for a second. Jack and all the icons who somehow pop out of the lantern but go back into the lantern, and fear keeps the lantern. Jack is everywhere this year. He has his own his own lagoon show. He shows up at Eddie's scare zone. His brother, uh, whose brother who's obsessed with chainsaws, which is an issue this year. Um, he's he he goes around on he goes around on a golf cart and just terrorizes people while he's going around. He seems to be everywhere. But he's still trapped in the lantern, so that's a thematic problem, but you can resolve that on your own. We took a break there. Then we went over to um, the Shrek area for the Case Files Legendary Truth. For those of you wondering, I have absolutely no notes in front of me at all, so I'm not doing this very professionally. No, that's Um, the
0: way it works around here, John.
2: I know it does. Notes are banned. I'm not. I'm not doing a podcast similar to the ones we just referred to earlier for this one, so I, I don't have to be so scripted. But this is the Shrek theater. The Shrek theater is famous for either being kind of a not scary theater because wasn't Killer Clowns there a yeah. couple of years ago? Yes, yeah. I believe that's where it was. And it tends to get a heavy weight because it's the beginning of the park. Um, and it tends to be short because of the theater they're using. I went in it and I, of course, knew the history of Boris Schuster, their use of Boris Schuster. And uh, Boris Schuster, in case you're unaware, there's a window pane that's in Studios Florida that says Boris Schuster, Private Investigator. There's an entire backstory and legendary truth of he writes novels about his events and they sold really well. And he's like, the The plot is you're seeing a person, I think his name is Tim, who is reading the novels and doing the history thinking these real demonic things actually happened, that he didn't right. make them up. And so you're walking through the house, and there's the gigantic book props to tell you what's going on, which are really well done, but you're moving from scene to scene to scene to scene. You don't really need to know the history of Legendary Truth for that one, as long as you catch the fact that there's totems, and the totems were how the demons were defeated. Okay. Okay you should catch that at the beginning of it but you might not if you miss that you're totally clueless walking through the house but i thought the house was much longer than i expected it to be and much better i i would say it's top easily top four house this year and to put a top four house in the in the shrek theater is a big deal
1: it says it's like a kind of like a film noir yes does it come across that way
2: it comes across that way because it's kind of like going back to the 40s and the 50s, those really bad black and white shows of the yeah. detective. And there's a standard scene where the damsel in distress comes to him to help. And you see that, And of course, then a demon pops up and it doesn't go well. It's pretty much presented like like that genre of, of movie or TV show. And I, I thought it was really well done, maybe because this was the only house they had to create from scratch this year. R.I.P. Right. Billy Eilish. Sorry, allegedly Billy Eilish. Even though you could buy the Billy Eilish props at the antique stores in Orlando, because everything else is what was supposed to be last year right. before it was canceled. Okay. Uh, we left there. Then we went to. Uh, you may have to help me out with this one, Josh. The Nightmare Fuel, Halloween Nightmare Fuel show in the Fear Factor live stage. We joked about that being Halloween Nightmare Fuel sponsored by Mountain Dew because it sounded like something they would put out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, this this show, I think I, I think I edited this out. I wrote it originally. I'm not sure I was old enough to attend this show. As my Twitter friend um, Alicia Stella pointed out, I believe she said... There was lots of risque dancing. That was an exact word that she used. There was lots of leather, lots of Sounds people... Like my kind of house. Right. Lots of people... I don't know if we recorded this or not, if this was pre-show sure or not. We talked about the stilt walkers yeah. and their physiques in the stilt yeah, walkers.
0: It's been, so, it's been so long, I can't remember if that's <laughs> I know, in the podcast or before Maybe, we started. This may be, this
2: may be two podcasts, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um,
0: this was three podcasts e- ago. We were talking about that.
2: What day right. is it? E- everyone who was in this show clearly... Um, had a physique to make this work. So that was not a... It was not me out there as a 50-something-year-old man out there. So
0: that's why Um, the Mummy guys have gone
2: then, we think. Yeah, they could have, actually. I know that Universal was having trouble with staffing and they hired a third-party group to come in and do this. Uh, The show show involves some magic. The rumor was, and I can't think of the name, that the magician who won UK, UK Has Talent, was supposed to be behind Uh, the show originally. And some of the tricks, I I can't say anything. I'll give away a huge plot because it's important to the plot. Some of the tricks that he does are integral to this show. But this is the kind of, all joking aside about it being a little too grown up for me, this is the kind of show that fits what you're looking for at Halloween Horror Nights. This is not Mickey's Not So Scary. This is Halloween Horror Nights. (laughs) And so there's going to be, there were fire jugglers. There was aerial people. There were dancers who came up, came off the stage, out into the crowd. Um, there was everything you would have expected for a Halloween Horror Night show. Yeah. This is so this is where Fear Factor is. Right? Yes. Or was? The formerly known as Fear Factor. Yes.
1: Yeah. So this is also where uh, the kind of fan favorite Bill and Ted show would have been in Halloween Horror Nights.
2: Now, Academy of Villains. Once again, they have gone their way for good reason. Academy of Villains was there two years ago, and so that was that was good setup. This show was very hard to get into. We only got into it because we were on a private group R.I.P. tour, and we couldn't get into the 9:30 show, and we barely got into the 11 o'clock show. Oh wow! Okay. So if somehow somehow someone is listening to this and you're wanting to go, this is the show you need a dedicated night to go see. If you just saw this show, went to Beetlejuice House and did one more thing, it would probably be worth your admission, probably. We left there, and then we went to knock out the last four houses we have left that are over in the Fallon mummy area. Went to HHN Icons, which really would help if you knew your HHN Icons. Because this thing, you go from one section to the next to the next, and the basic plot is there's totems. Well, not totems. I don't think they called them totems. But when you walk in, you see a, I'm going to call them a totem, of each of the icons that are there. Uh, yeah. Even for even for chance and Lady Luck, I may be wrong on that one because she was after fear took over in 20. Yeah, Lady Luck of, is there. She's 21. Yeah, she's 21. Duh. Okay, those two were after, and so fear has control of them somehow. Yeah, there's a plot hole there, but just go with me. And basically, you're walking through essentially the lantern. You wouldn't know that unless someone told you walking through the lantern <laughs> for each section. But you're you're seeing, as best I could tell, the first scene of each one of the icons was introduced to Halloween Horror Nights being reenacted for you. This is this is fan service as much as Marvel Infinity War in-game was fan service. Where we're right. going to throw in as many things as we can throw in. Yeah. Sure, we've got, we've got a decent plot, but let's make it an hour and a half longer. Doing fan service. This yeah. is this, like house- this episode of the podcast. Yes, yeah, like this episode of uh, Park Rush podcast. And basically, at the end someone wins in the contest and they're on the throne at the end and it changes every 45 minutes so maybe it was jack maybe it was chance maybe it was usher and so you would have a different experience theoretically if you did it more one one night then we went to uh we did revenge of the tooth fairy which was recycled from diet hhn (laughs) last year sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) which was good was much better in the dark i now get why people didn't like the houses during the day it's just it's just weird going to an hhn house when it's 90 degrees and 10 o'clock. in <laughs>
0: mm, yeah. um, Now that does sound weird. It
2: was, it was weird last year when I went. So I, I get that now, uh, but that house was well done. They plussed it up a little bit. Um, and then we went to Bride of Frankenstein. I think that's how i remember remembering it. That was a really good house, but you need to know your classic monsters because Bride of Frankenstein was a continuation of the classic movie, where Frankenstein dies and she's raising him back from the dead. It does really well. This is the one house that I felt the the vinyl and the plexiglass actually helped.
1: Oh, because
2: okay. it, it made it easier when you went through certain areas for them to bang cuz I I experienced this one last year. This is the only house <laughs> I went into last year. So they would bang on the on the plexiglass and it was um terrifying. And then there's a callback to the Black Lagoon those creature from the Black Lagoon towards the end if you don't miss miss that. Oh, but cool. nice. Scare actors are really good in there, which we believe next year the classic monster house will be the creature from the Black Lagoon, but we don't know that, but we believe it will be.
1: It would make sense, right?
2: Right. And then the last house is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I was told was the grossest, goriest house of all of them. (laughs) It was. um, This year (laughs) year had a problem with chainsaws because Eddie's brother, sorry, Eddie, Eddie, Jack's brother, likes chainsaws. And Eddie was a casualty of one year when he was going to be the icon because i think there was a hurricane that caused things to people destruction and happened and so they pulled him out and replaced him with jack that year i don't understand the history but the, so he never got to be an icon so eddie has his own zone and it's chainsaw filled. okay In texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre, as you might imagine, is chainsaw filled. You get to meet more of the Sawyer family. And unless you are ve- vegan or vegetarian, there's, an <laughs> excellent, there's excellent use of props like pigs squealing and jumping out at you. And it's actually really well done. It sounds comical, but it's really well done and scary.
0: What happens if you are vegetarian? Is it just like a big hunk of tofu or something? It's just
2: that they, really they just
0: gross. Throw, to- throw tofu at you?
2: I'm, I'm visualizing if you're a vegetarian, that's the scariest part of the whole thing because the pigs <laughs> are a constant plot. And don't forget there was a tent because HHN has food tents this year themed to almost every house. And there's nice. a food oh, tent, nice. the Coca-Cola barbecue food tent, which is themed to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And yes, they do serve pork. And so it's it, it was a little scary. Um, the the, <laughs> the problem the problem is with the chainsaws, because you guys being more HHN veterans than me. Um, Springfield, USA. Yeah, was totally silent. There were no scare actors. There were no huh. roaring hordes of chainsaws. I had prepped people and prepped people for months. Of okay, if you don't like chainsaws, or as my wife likes to joke, when I hear a chainsaw, I'm thinking my dad's going to make me cut cut the wood, and I'm I'm running away because I don't have to do work. Springfield was silent. It might have been the same volume as Diagon Alley. For those of you who don't know, there's no scare acting in Diagon Alley. Yeah. That's that's what Springfield was like, except for the occasional Bumblebee Man's taco horn. That was really your only sound in Springfield, so it was a little eerie.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of spooky in on of itself, really.
2: It was, cause, and we, we theorized after the first week that they were They were just short staffed and they were going to bring out chainsaw hordes or clowns or something later because they do every year and they still have it. And my theory is you have Eddie's Scare Zone, which is probably the best scare zone in that Hollywood Boulevard area and chainsaws are everywhere and you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Maybe they just thought they were chainsawed out or maybe Universal ran out of their budget of chainsaws without chains. I don't know. (laughs) I think I've swooped through everything except for the food. Universal, I have to give them credit. They have really upped their game on food. They've su- they have well, decided that Universal Studios Florida is Epcot, and we have to have a food festival or a food event all the time.
0: You're telling me that they topped the Toad Burger at this place?
2: Uh, <laughs> I didn't say they topped the Toad Burger. Those are two different no, words. No,
0: well, I can't imagine how you would do that. So
2: Right. As as I'm going to insult him and call him a colleague, as my colleague Seth Kiburski would say, um, I... <laughs> I usually drink my way around H H N. I don't eat the food because the food's not usually very good. Um, this year, I'm not saying it's gourmet, but it, it's worth standing in the twenty minute line to get your food.
1: Oh, okay. High praise, um, I would say.
2: They had a whole—they had a whole theme of food for Haunting of Hill House that I would have to ruin the show to explain to you. But let's just say, let's just say they have a tea party. Anyone who's familiar with the show is like, "Oh, I get it." And they had little cheese sandwiches and sandwiches to go with the tea party that you could buy. Those were apparently good. The barbecue at Haunting of Hill House was good. They had for Tooth Fairy, they had um, a sweet shop. They had a candied pork belly item that one of my friends swears is the best thing i think she got it three times while she was there for nine wow. days and i'm i pointed out that she got it again and she looked at me like i was the worst person on the planet like um i'm gonna have it another time just because you said that um which is okay she's allowed to do that this sounds awful but it was uh i don't know if you have them in the uk the uncrustable things that you serve kids peanut butter and jelly uncrustables they're frozen and you warm them up and uncrustables no yeah. i never heard of them Basically, it's just like a refrigerated or frozen treat that's just basically pastry, you know, covered, covering peanut butter and jelly. They took that and they fried it, covered it in honey and served it. And it was, um, I think it was called No Chance in Hell to, for the Chance. Mm-hmm. It was about $6 and it was considered great. They made a jack, a jack slider, which was two donuts around, you know. A burger, of course. Yeah. That was a little overrated, but, I mean, the theming was really good. They did a good job. Universal has told their chefs, I can confirm this, that we want you to go ahead and be creative and go for it. Um, And if it doesn't work, that's fine, but give it a shot. And they – you could probably, if you were a foodie, go to a Halloween Horror Nights and just – Eat the food. I know my friend, as I drop more names here, my friend Xavier at Universal Food Blog, um, he's had about everything. And only, only one or two things that he considered bad. And if we're talking food at Halloween Horror Nights... Because you guys have probably had food at Halloween Horror Nights. It's not great. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, Mel, when Mel's die-in is one of your better choices, that tells you all you need to know. Because yeah. if you've read anything I've ever written, you know that I'm not the biggest fan of pizza fries.
0: i got I to say, I mean, my bar for fast food is pretty low right now. I mean, the last fast food That's I ate was, a, uh, was Shake Shack's new vegan burger and i don't know i feel like i would rather lick the mud off the ground (laughs) than eat that thing again it was
2: pretty ropey okay to make to make this podcast go longer why did you choose the vegan burger at Shake Shack? I well, uh, keep
1: asking I, this question.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I've, I've
0: kind of over the past year had these kind of phases where I've tried to sort of wean myself off meat for a little bit, just kind of see how I'll get on with it, you know. And uh, I thought, well, if, this, if I was to say make this a permanent dietary change, I would like to know that I can still enjoy myself when I go out with the guys and with, you know, I don't want to be that guy who says, sorry, I can't go to all the usual fast food places because they don't do this or their veggie options bad so i was like i need to try this stuff out and it and it was terrible uh, if you you cannot be a vegetarian and go to shake shack that is my conclusion no 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 no, 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 no
2: that, yeah that's <laughs> that's that bad that's the correct solution here in the u.s we have smash burger and a few other things like that they do a much better job with with a plant-based patty than shake shack does i've okay, actually ahead.
0: had good plant-based burgers um and, and that was not one of them it was horrendous
2: yeah, I can tell you in the blogger world, we're getting lots of requests for vegan and vegetarian stuff, and I have tried a whole bunch. I've written a lot about it. I've got two or three reviews sitting here on my computer. I need to finish up on really good stuff at Universal that's vegan or vegetarian.
1: Uh, there you go, Tom. I'll be Tom's. I'd like not reading.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll be keen to check that out. But of course, as I've as I've promised, uh, I will at least. Remain a meat eater until next April to eat the toad burger, and then then I will oh. resume my uh,
2: my vegan ways. Okay, just just to clarify, no one on this podcast said you had to do that except for you.
0: No, but you know it could be a, it could be an it could be an exclusive. You know, if no one out there is willing to try this seemingly terrible looking burger, then there might be a gap oh, on, in just, the market for me to come great, in It's and a like, great
2: looking burger.
0: I've eaten it's... the burger, guys. Yes, Me, I've eaten it. Anyway, that is an exhaustive tour of Halloween Horror Nights. It was also an exhaustive tour of many other th- <laughs> theme park-related things. That is, by a distance, the longest episode of the Park Crush podcast to date, uh, I can only apologise and give my deepest, deepest thanks to Josh and John for seeing it through. And hell, hell thanks to myself also. This has been a heroic effort. We always, say, you- uh, "Pats on the back for this."
2: We, we should we should take tomorrow off, boys. I wish.
0: <laughs> you know how lame would that feel? Calling in sick to work.
2: Well, John, Josh? Week. you, got, you yes. got COVID? Have you? No, oh, stayed up
0: too late <laughs> doing a theme park podcast. But no, that was good fun. Uh, it, uh, exhaustive, but enjoyable and lots of valuable information there uh, about horror nights. It's, and it's got me in the mood to, uh, Josh, why don't we do the Thought Park Fright Nights? Why Why have? Oh,
1: I have. It's bad. What? Is it not very good?
2: <laughs> no. Wow. Um, tell us how you really feel, Josh. <laughs> uh, it's like the queues
1: are like four hours long and it's like a really mediocre, at best, scare maze
2: so it's like Universal used to be when it was Fright Nights. You'd have like two houses and you'd wait three hours and one of them would be good and one of them would not.
1: Uh, yeah, but because it's England, uh, it shuts too early and you only get to do one of the mazes. Oh, good. Sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, this sounds absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think we should do it ironically. I we'll would, I would just do a podcast in the queue and eventually annoy everyone in our immediate vicinity to the point where the queue will just dissipate before our eyes. Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, got nothing better to do this year, right? So Also get glassed. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, that's
0: going to do it for this week's episode of the Park Rush Podcast, episode 155. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, If you've got any questions or comments that you'd like to make other than please stop please stop. Then you can email us podcast at parkrush.com or tweet at parkrushpodcast. If you enjoyed the show and I can think of no reason why you wouldn't have, do give us a, a like or a subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. We are available everywhere as well as at parkrush.com. And if you want links to some of the articles we've talked about today, then you can uh, find the show notes at newhighscore.co.uk. But that's going to do it. We'll be back next week with more. Until then, take it easy, everybody, and goodbye.
1: See ya.